0: But first northwestern football interim head coach david braun just wrapped up his first public comments since news about hazing allegations in the program broke earlier this month it happened at big 10 media days an event that northwestern players decided to skip braun took over after former head coach pat fitzgerald was fired on july 11th for his alleged role in the scandal now in recent days ex-northwestern players have filed four lawsuits They say the program under Fitzgerald was rife with physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. And their attorneys say they'll be filing suits on behalf of at least 15 former players. So we're joined now by one of the attorneys. Margaret Battersby Black is managing partner at Levin & Perconti. Welcome to Reset.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: So tell us more about the allegations, Margaret. What have you heard from former student-athletes about the, the culture of Northwestern football under former head coach Fitzgerald? Like what kind of experiences did they describe?
1: Well, the players who have sought my counsel have described extreme ritualized sexual hazing that was ingrained for frankly decades in the Northwestern program. And this is a culture where this was kind of bred, normalized, forced upon freshmen, and in ultimately some of these cases, those who were victims later became the victimizers. And it's not just extreme ritualized sexual hazing, of which, you know, our lawsuits describe in pretty painstaking detail some of the various customs, but there were other forced acts of hazing. Um, There was uh, mental and, and sometimes physical abuse. Um, there was a just humiliating and degrading culture. Um, injured players were punished and thought less of. Um, and in many cases, that's sad because a lot of the injuries or re-injuries were because they were pushed their limits by the program. Um, and so many of these men felt worthless. Mental health was not prioritized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they really run the gamut. Um, and I can go into details in, in whatever way you want. But yeah. it, it is a, a just a, a culture, a cruel culture.
0: Well, we know uh, Lloyd Yates is a, a former Northwestern quarterback, and he's one of the first former student athletes to speak out. What can you tell us about him?
1: So... Lloyd's case is is not unlike many others who have come to me. So Lloyd um, was a superior athlete and scholar in high school. He had many opportunities to um, go to places, you know, not, not necessarily quite as prestigious as, as Northwestern, but um, of, of similar appeal. But he was a legacy. His great-grandfather, his father, and his brother had all gone to Northwestern. So he was going there very proudly and, you know, with great aspirations and ambitions. And within, you know, the first couple of months that he was there, he was forced to undergo this um, ritualized, sexualized hazing. And it was really, in, in his view, kind of a power Dynamic. It was the older players showing the the freshmen, you know, that they were were less in their eyes, and that they had to earn their spot. And this kind of behavior does not in any way help reinforce or shape those values. It really made them feeling fearful, mm-hmm. um, disliking football, not wanting to be a part of the team, and. You know, Lloyd has said, and, and consistent with many others, that he, he felt that if he spoke out or if he did not participate, that he would be punished worse because that's what they had showed him. You yeah. know, those of his classmates who fought back, you know, often got it worse.
0: So uh, the, the suit from Lloyd Yates—it's the fourth filed on behalf of former players by civil rights attorney Ben Crump—and I know that you and your colleague Steve levin are part of this as well so tell us what kind of damages are you seeking
1: it's really uh, mental and emotional suffering damages pain suffering um, and in some cases really lifelong impacts and we've also filed claims under the illinois gender violence act and under that act um, we are allowed to seek punitive damages, so damages to punish the conduct and attorney's fees. So there will be a a number of different kinds of damages, but the impact that this has had on these men even long after they've left the program is really devastating um we actually are we we filed a case today so you may be the first program to break this but i filed a case um about an hour ago involving my client simba short he was also at a news conference earlier uh last week okay and his story um is is quite unique in that he came into the program injured and He had to have surgery during the first few months of his program. And so while he was kind of off limits for the first um, couple of weeks, months after, while he had open wounds from his surgery, there was a point in his recovery where he was making progress and he was really proud of his hard work in therapy and demonstrate straight to this to his teammates at practice one day. And right after that, um, he was threatened. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that you're better, you're well enough to be ran. And sure enough, soon after, it happened to him. And he was far from recovered. And he's really someone who suffered some very devastating medical consequences from this culture of cruelty, even leading up to his eventual leave of absence from school.
0: Wow. So this is the fifth one that's been filed so far?
1: Yes, second by my firm.
0: Right. Uh, So what do you say to, to the doubters out there who say they don't believe what the former players are saying? And then what do you say to the folks who say, you know, football is a tough sport. When you sign up to play football at this high level, you just need to toughen up.
1: Great questions. So to the doubters, I think based on Northwestern's own investigation and the fact that we are seeing these players bravely come forward to corroborate these allegations, um, I don't think that there can really be two sides to the story anymore. This happened. And Northwestern said it you know, in their own indicting report. And I think it's important really to look at, um, President Schill gave an interview on Monday to the Daily Northwestern about his decision and his recommendation to um, fire Pat Fitzgerald. And it's really interesting because he said that he had discussed it with the executive committee, the board of trustees. He had met with the investigator and um, one of her colleagues, and he asked them to go detail by detail and person by person into the interviews. And what he said was, and I think I'm just going to quote it, when you hear it one by one, one instance of bad behavior after the other, the magnitude of it hit me even more. I decided the only choice. The only moral choice was to terminate our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is what is happening to me right now. I am hearing detail after detail, instances of bad behavior. One is worse than the last, and um, it it can't be denied anymore.
0: Yes. Uh, President Schill also said, quote, I believe individual culpability and knowledge matters in these things. Uh, This is when he was talking about, of course, uh, the decision to, to fire Coach Fitzgerald. So Fitzgerald's gone. Quickly yes. tell us what else you think needs to happen here to make this situation right, Margaret.
1: Sure. Well, I think there's there's two things that come to mind immediately. We know that Northwestern has already um, at least said that they're going to institute some measures to try to prevent this from happening again. I want to make sure that there's accountability for that. Um, we want to make sure that these rules are actually enforced because they had rules in the past yeah. and we know from what happened here that they weren't enforced. The second thing is I think that they need to make a safe space for players who still don't have the courage to come forward to do so because one theme that I'm hearing is that players who were abused are still fearful of retribution from the top. I mean even though certain people aren't employed with the university anymore those people they feel have pathways into professional careers that could be devastating I think many of them just are not sure what's going to happen if they step forward and I think Northwestern has to offer that for them and you know that would be I think that would be a step in the right direction and I do want to address another question that you raised about you know this you have to be tough to play football, and you know that there's some level of you know mental and physical suffering that goes into making a, a Division One tough athlete. And I agree, sure. and that's what my clients signed up for. They signed up to play football. They signed up to be pushed to their physical and mental limits, but that's what they wanted to focus on: football and academics and adjusting to life as adults on a new campus none of what happened to them made them mentally or physically tougher.
0: Margaret Battersby Black is a managing partner at Levin & Perconti. That's a law firm representing Northwestern players. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Let's turn now to another voice. We're joined in the studio by Chicago Sun-Times sports columnist, Rick Tallender. Welcome to the program. (laughs) Thank you, Sasha. So you just sat with me and you heard from the lawyer representing former Northwestern players. First, give us your take on what you just heard.
2: From Margaret Black, yeah, uh, I've been monitoring this thing. Um, I'd say everything she said is correct. The one question you asked, which is a very important one, is how much toughness do you have to show to play a very violent game Called football, and where does it, where does it go from being part of the game, making you tougher, uh, because practices are terrible, and and running is not fun, and you're out in the heat, and you're wearing a six pound, seven pound helmet on your on your head, you've got all these pads on, and you're physically hurt after practice. So where does that, where does it trans, where does it transcend into abuse? Yeah. And that's um, you know, that's a key thing. This hazing is clearly abuse. And and the one thing, the reason why it has happened, the one thing that people seem to keep dodging, freshmen were never eligible for the varsity, for the whole history of uh, big-time college football and basketball, for men anyway. And um, that all changed in 1973. And there are reasons for it. And the number one reason was um, Title IX was coming along. And so they had to squeeze more money out of football. So he need more players. The other one was the elite black, well, the first great black athletes were coming, flooding into schools. And they wanted to get another year of service out right. of them. These are all things that white freshmen then were suddenly thrust in with varsity players. Now, when I came to college, some of the guys were 17. Yeah, When you're 17, you're a kid by all by all definition, you're thrown in with 22-year-olds. And so the, the power dynamic is off right there. If you listen to these hazing accusations, it was all upperclassmen against freshmen mm. who should never be there in the first place. So that's that's one thing. And then the second thing is a coach can stop this in about, I would say, 30 seconds, yes. one 30-second speech each year and it's over and you come in there and you use profanity and you've got everybody sitting there everybody in the team hand on a mimeograph sheet on what hazing is there's legal definitions and you say i'm not going to use words but if i hear one of you doing any of this you will never play here again and there might be criminal charges did i make myself clear and it's over it will never happen
0: and none of that happened Right. Uh, what a do you th- what do you think then that the Northwestern football program and Northwestern University need to do here to build back the trust that they've lost with prospective players, alumni and just the, the current university community?
2: Well, this is a low point. So uh, there's nowhere to go but up from here. Now, the, the one thing I wonder about listening to Margaret Black, uh, she didn't mention criminal charges. And uh, this transcends just football. And I wonder when they finally get it all settled, and the you know the dust is settled, the lawsuits are done. Will there be criminal charges against somebody? Because in Illinois, hazing is illegal. It's a misdemeanor crime if someone is injured. Some states, it's a crime if they're even mentally injured. So I the way I, I, this is still coming out, the yeah. news you know. Right. So if somebody was hurt, and they want to press charges I don't I just don't know there was a similar case in Wheaton College uh like in 2014 kind of adjudicated in 2017 and in that case five players were charged with felonies for hazing that was reduced to misdemeanors and they were all very remorseful but those were felonies that could have I mean you know felonies lead to jail time I don't know if that's coming here but if we want to get past this at Northwestern then I mean, I'm afraid some people are going to get fired. Pat Fitzgerald's gone. Um, there'll be a new coach. Yeah. There'll always be new players. But don't forget, Pat Fitzgerald has hired his own heavyweight lawyer.
0: Right, it, so there's a lot to see. I mean, what's what's going to happen there?
2: I We don't know. We've got two battling forces. It always seems to come down to law firms.
0: Well, the, the, the football season starts September 3rd. Do you foresee any more massive changes before then to the program because of this scandal? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they have their head coach who's been promoted, uh, Brown, and uh, players have entered the portal. That's a whole new thing now for players to come and go almost as they please. There's a freshman class that might be asking themselves, do I want to go to Northwestern? There's uh, you know, varsity members that are leaving, but other people come in. These, these programs always continue on yeah. unless somebody says we've got to suspend it. I don't see that happening.
0: How do you expect this story to end for, for the legacy of both Northwestern and the football program?
2: Well, they get past it eventually. Um, uh, it, it just shows that nobody uh, is above what can happen. There's uh, in, in big-time college sport. there's scandals everywhere. There's one at uh, Tennessee right now. There's one at San Diego State. They come and go uh, so fast people don't even remember them. So we'll move on from it. Uh, it's going to be devastating for a little while. And who knows where, um, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's lawsuit is going to go.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. Rick Tallender is a sports columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. Thank you, Sasha.